souls. And Father, we thank you on tonight that we can taste and see just how good the word of God is on tonight, God. And the word that we receive, Father God, that we take in, Father, we thank you, God, that we give it out, God, as we take it in, in Jesus' name. And we thank you for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, illuminate this word to us. Let there be light through this word where it penetrates our very beings and it comes out of our mouth like a two-edged sword, like a hammer which breaks the rocks into pieces, and like a fire that devours everything around us. So, Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to wrap up the teacher on tonight. And I'm going to go back over so far what we have went over so everybody can be on one accord dealing with the teacher. And I think I gave you a definition that was shorter. Praise God. My husband said, you waited until I went back and wrote down all of that definition and then you're going to give us a shorter definition. But at least you got all of it. Um, We talked about a teacher is one who teach the word with understanding. A teacher is one who teaches the word with understanding. And I went over um, Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, where he said that there were first apostles, secondary prophets, and then thirdly teachers. And the um, reason we look at teachers um, coming in thirdly is because we know that the apostles and the prophets, they lay the foundation Um, And that foundation that they're laying is the good news, the gospel concerning the kingdom. And and in the word of God, it says the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we know what Jesus brought was um, the gospel of the kingdom. And once that gospel is um, brought, the teacher will come in there. And the teacher is the one that put the walls in the house where you have different rooms. So that teacher is going to come and give understanding to the word of God that was proclaimed. We um, talked about Ezra as well in chapter 7 where Ezra prepared his heart before he even went to um, teach um, the people the word of God. So a teacher would have to prepare their hearts meaning that they're going to be devoted to to the word. They're going to get the word for themselves before they even give it to someone else. A teacher should not just open the Bible and read the Bible. A teacher should read the Bible, meditate on what the word is saying, and then um, rightly dividing the word of truth. So this is what Ezra was doing before he even taught them. He was getting the word for himself. If a teacher does not have revelation and illumination with the word, a teacher should not even be presenting that word. And that's why Paul was saying in Ephesians Um, chapter um, 1 verse 17 and I'm reading out the amplified he said for I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory that he may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight unto the mysteries and secrets into the deep and intimate knowledge of him so a teacher not only a teacher but we all need this but a teacher need um, the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of him in which we have that now that we're born again God is not going to allow 
us to go into the word without us understanding what the word is saying. He's going to illuminate that word. He's going to make that word known because we don't want to take his word for just any word. The word that we're getting from the Bible is God speaking himself. So we don't want to take it out of content. So a teacher should always pray and seek the face of God to say, God, give me revelation behind this word before I present this word. We never grab a word, the word of God, and run with it before we have understanding of that word. And one thing that I have learned, just because I say it or anybody else in the church say it, you want to make sure that you have understanding of what's being said because we have people um, saying something that the Bible did not say and we grab hold to it and we run with it and that's when you have a spirit of error. So it's of um, it's uh, important that we make sure as teachers that we present this word the way God wanted it presented. It's not about us. It's all about him. So we want to bring the exact word that God is speaking himself. He said we don't add to it. We don't take away from it. And what happens is when we try to add something to the word, there's not going to be any effect behind that word because that's not God speaking himself. That's what we're adding to the word. It reminds me of the um, scribes and the Pharisees and Sadducees and how they were coming up with their own traditions. They had the Ten Commandments, but they would add some in um, that they would come up with. And this is when Jesus called them hypocrites because he said the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. What he was saying was, you're taking your tradition and you're telling them this is what I am saying and this is not what I'm saying, this is what you're saying. So they're not looking at the word the way they need to look at the word. So they're not getting any effect from the word because it's not my word, it's what you have put in there. And we have so many people um, taking the word out of content that when they feel like, oh, I got revelation behind that, they're ready to tell somebody what they have gotten. But we got to understand that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So what he's going to do, sometimes he'll make you think, yeah, that's what it's saying. But that's not exactly what's being said. So you have to wait on the Holy Spirit. A teacher needs to understand that the Holy Spirit is there to teach you what God is saying. The Holy Spirit is only going to testify dealing with the truth and if it's not the truth the holy spirit is not going to bear witness to that because he is the spirit of truth we also talked about that we know that god have called up called teachers and that's ephesians 4 that's in the fivefold. now we talked about a teacher have to have revelation from the word of god ephesians 1 17 and i want to um talk about how again we cannot go into the word of god and begin reading it and begin telling people something that the word is not saying. And I gave you an example in Matthew, the seventh chapter, um, verse one and verse two, when the Bible say, judge not, and ye shall not be judged. And what that's saying is we can't um, just judge people based on our opinion or based on how we feel or what we perceive. This is um, putting um, condemnation on a person. This is making a person, um, this is criticizing a person. So when that scripture says, judge not and ye shall not be judged, people are going on to that and say, see, the Bible says you don't supposed to judge anyone. 
but you can take that scripture out of content. Now, there's a um, way we judge righteous judgment, meaning that if we see in someone do something out of the will of God and we're judging according to the spirit, according to the word of God, then that's righteous judgment. But if I see Miss Deborah doing something and I begin to criticize Miss Deborah for what she's doing and I'm doing something myself, let's read that scripture because it backs it up in uh, Matthew 7. Let me go there. That's why we can't take the word out of content. We have to know what the word is saying before we even present that word. It says, judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. So if I'm judging someone falsely, that's going to come back on me the same way that I bought it on them. And with what measure ye make, it shall be measured to you again. So it's going to come back to you. And this is the key. Why beholdest thou the mote that's in thy brother's eye, but consider not the being that's in thine own eye? Or how would thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye, thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. So those verses back up verse 1 to let you know you cannot come at someone falsely and know you're doing the same thing. So you have to be careful about judging and condemning people. And I believe we talked about that some Sunday with how we look at ourselves as being so righteous. But on one hand, we're telling somebody not to do something and we're doing something else on the opposite hand. So when you're in the spirit, you're going to judge righteous judgment. You're not going to receive condemnation or guilt when you begin to bring forth what the spirit is telling you to bring forth. So we don't want to take the word out of content and tell people something that the word is saying when the word is not saying it. I gave you a scripture that talks about judging righteously. And that was John 7, 24. St. John 7, 24. I also gave you a scripture that I was letting you know how we can take the word out of content is because we don't look up the Greek, which is in the New Testament, and we don't look up the Hebrew, which is in the Old Testament. Every scripture does not mean the same thing. You may have the same word in the same scripture, but it does not have the same meaning. So you cannot take that word and, and assume that's what's being said. So what you have to do, this is why we have the Holy Spirit. When I'm studying, if I'm reading a verse and that verse is standing out to me, I'm going to have to stop and I'm going to have to say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? When I did 2 Timothy 2.15, we always look at that word study as opening up your Bible and studying. Yes, we do want to go into the word of God and we do want to study the word of God so we know what the word of God is saying. But that word study, it means to make every effort, um, your, let me read it, to make every effort, do your best, be diligent, to give, present yourself to God as the kind of person he, would appro he will approve. So study don't really mean mere knowledge there. So if you didn't know that, you would tell somebody, the Bible says study. But what this is bringing out is if you read the whole content of that scripture, Paul was talking to Timothy and he was the pastor 
of, over Ephesus, and he was giving him some um, encouragement because he knew how Ephesus was. He knew about the false teachers coming in there. He knew the things that was going on, so he was encouraging Timothy, and basically he was letting Timothy know, if you um, make every effort to show yourself approved, pleasing unto God, that is your first service. If you please in him, how do we please him? By taking his word for what it is, for doing what his word tell us to do. That's what he was telling Timothy. Then he went on to say a workman, because guess what? When you, he's a pastor, so it's just like he is a workman for God. So if he's doing what God is requiring for him to do, then the next part of that verse is going to come in, rightly dividing the word of truth. When you look at the word um, rightly in that verse, it says, let me read the other part of it, be a worker who's not ashamed or who will not be shamed, who uses the true teaching in the right way, correctly handles the true message, the word of truth, or holds carefully to the true message, the word of truth. So if you're out to please God and you're out to do things God's way and not man's way, you ain't going to have a problem with handling the word of God correctly because you're looking to him. You're not looking to man. You want to make sure this is what God is saying. You don't want to go outside of what God is saying. So this is what he was telling Timothy. When you, um, when you are pleasing God, when you're making every effort to please God through all these testings and through everything that you're going through and you're not ashamed, you know, of what you're doing, you're going to handle the word of God correctly. I have not, um, seen anybody that heart is totally turned towards the Lord that just want to throw anybody anything. I don't know about y'all, but I just don't want to give anybody anything. If it's a verse that, that I'm getting frustrated over or I feel like it's not connecting the way it needs to connect, I'll lay it aside and say, wait a minute, Lord, something is not right. I'm not getting a light with this. It's not connecting with the teaching that I want to bring. It seemed like it just don't fit in there. So if it's not fitting in there, the Holy Spirit is giving me a check of saying that's not what that content, that's not what that verse is saying. So I'll leave it alone. And as I leave it alone and trust in the Holy Spirit that he's going to bring me revelation and illumination through the word of God. Next thing I know, I see a scripture from afar off and I bring it in. I'm like, mm, gotcha, God. That's what it is. So what he want us to do is quit trying to do things ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us. And I want to tell y'all this. I'm not, I used to be. I will have my iPad up here with my scriptures so I can just keep flowing with my scriptures. And it kept bothering me. I was like, well, Lord, I know I can use that iPad and have the scriptures. It was just scripture, though. But then I got so used to my Bible that I said, hmm, I want to flip through the Bible because it helps me to go through the books of the Bible. It helps me to get familiar with this instead of getting familiar with click up. There it is. But I would type them out to have them there, but then the Holy Spirit said, you're not even using them. You're wasting all that time typing them out, and you're not even looking at them. So as you know, this Sunday I had my iPad, and it was only one verse I wanted to break down for you guys to bring out all those meanings, and I never went back to it. Why? <laughs> because when you're flowing in the Spirit, you go in the way He wants you to go, 
and not the way you think you need to go because you're flowing with him. It's just like a, um, how can I put it? Uh, a, a, what you call those, a pump. What you call those, you know, you're pumping water. A hand pump. Man, once you get that thing going, priming that thing, once that thing starts flowing, you know you got something good coming up, right? So see, I look at the Holy Spirit. He's a river of living waters. And that water, when it come out of you, is going to go in all directions when you're teaching for every person that's in that room. He's going to know how to break it down so everybody would know what's being said. He's not just going to put meat, all meat, it has to be broke down. What we tend to forget is when we get revelation from God, understand this. God knows who's going to be in the room before you do. So we can't be full of pride trying to say, mm, I know I know more than somebody else. And I'm going to bring it this way and I'm going to bring it that way. God said, mm-mm. You're going to bring it the way I want you to bring it. So he sets the table for whoever's in that room. That's why a teacher, first of all, have to devote themselves to the word of God. What do I mean by being devoted? When you are a teacher and you go into the word of God, you're not going to be able to teach just anything. You have to really wait on the Lord to say, Lord, how do you want me to bring this? Because I need to bring it with clarity. I need to bring it, uh, make it simple. God, I need to bring it so everybody will be able to understand. And a good teacher is going to give you illustration. They're going to give you examples. A good teacher is going to keep you focused. They're going to bring something in every now and then that the ones that want to fall asleep on the teaching, they're going to wake them back up. Because that's how God does. He, he will wake you back up quick fast in a hurry and y'all to tell you the honest to God truth when I'm teaching the things that I say I don't make them up at home so today or was it last night my husband was showing me Sunday teaching he said I want to show you something I said show me what y'all when he showed me that I said Jesus it had to be you because that's not me he said let me wind it back again and show you how you went forward with it I'm like okay thank you very much but that's what the Holy Spirit does. I let him do it and not me. And when I'm flowing, I hear what he want to put in there, how he want to put it in there. And it give people a part of everyday life. See, what we mess up at when we get so uh, full of being a theologian, is that what you call them, theologian? Or so full of making sure we pronounce this right or we pronounce that right, then we're not letting the Holy Spirit do it. God know who you are, and he's going to use you for who you are, not for who I am. He's going to use Julia for who Julia is. He's going to use Julia for how Julia roll, but it's going to be the Holy Spirit telling her what to say. But you're going to know this is just Julia. This is how Julia is. So we don't try to act like nobody else and bring it like nobody else. A good teacher is going to let the Holy Spirit use them for them. Not because I watched somebody else. Now, I had somebody who was a teacher. They would stay up and practice all night. Practice walking the floor. They practiced how they was going to bring it in. And you knew it was practice. But they thought it was right on. And some people that wasn't there in the spirit, they would think that it was okay. But then we had another teacher. They were in competition. So they would, after that teacher got through teaching, 
they would be like, it's on next Sunday. It was a competition. And ain't no competition in the house of God because it is not our word. It is his word. So people think this way. If I'm not hyping you up, then I'm not bringing what I need to bring. See, so many people are used to hype that they don't know what teaching is. They don't know the difference. So they so used to being hyped up that when people get silent, they be like, what's wrong with them? I had somebody to come in here years ago and they did an anniversary. And after the anniversary, they called me in the office. They said, uh, is everything all right? I said, mm-hmm. They say, is everything okay? I said, yeah, it's okay. They said, well, while I was preaching, they wasn't saying nothing. I said, because they used to being taught. They're listening. They're taking the word in. They're hearing what God is saying. Oh, but see, they were used to the preaching mode. They was used to that when they knew they hit a certain spot, the spot that they hit, you supposed to be, yeah. See, when you preach, when you preach messages over and over again, what happens is when people have sermons, this is how they make it easy for them. They have a book of sermons that they keep and they preach them over and over and over again. So that book of sermons becomes so norm to them that when somebody asks them to do a funeral, they pick the one they want to use out of that book. So they know when to get high. They know when to bring it back down low. So people that are not in the spirit is thinking, man, they preach. But people that are in the spirit is knowing if your book closed, which way are you going to go? But so many people are used to that sermon because they done done it for many years that they can do it now without the book. And that's when you know when it really becomes a part of them, you can feel the spirit moving because they've been there and they've done that and they shocked themselves. This is why we have to make sure that we be on the word because I know with me personally, if I have a service here, a service here, and a service here, I say, Lord, you see, it's one here, it's one here, and it's one here. Now, I don't have nothing for this one. I have nothing for this one. I sure don't have nothing for that one. But, Lord, I want what you want me to give for each service. It may be the same word, but I believe it's going to be different in some kind of way, Father, for where I'm going. And when I wait on him, and I'm going to tell you something, Sunday... I told my husband Saturday night, yo, I was in the word. We left apostles. We left at one that day and didn't get back to about 12 that night. So by the time I got home, I was wore out. So the next day, my plan was I'm going to start early for Sunday. Matter of fact, I'm like, Lord, Sunday is coming. What do you want me to do? Got out the bed, so tired. I got back in the bed. So I said, Lord, I'm going to wait on you. When I got up to get back in the word, y'all, this is the thing. When I got into the word and I'm talking to the Holy Spirit, waiting on the Holy Spirit, he said, I want you to go here. And I said, okay, when I was talking about the eliminator, he said, I want you to start, first of all, with Jesus. I said, okay, I'll start with Jesus. I don't care how many times you have studied his death, 
burial, and resurrection, God will turn that thing around and he will show you something different that you didn't see before. So I stayed there and stayed there. I said, okay, God, I got Jesus, but where do you want me to go now? He said, I want you to talk about the effects of sins. I said, okay, my husband is my witness. 12 o'clock midnight. Y'all, I was so deep into it. I just said, God, I got to stop. Because if I had to kept going, I think I would have been high and really lifted up. So I sat in the room with my husband and I said, I just had to stop. I said, Lord, whatever else you want to give, it's on you. Why did I do that? Because I knew at that time, it's not a person in this room. If you took in everything that God was giving you, you probably would be up there with him. I'm not going to lie because it's so much that be coming and coming and coming that you have to say, wait a minute, hold it. God, just hold it right there. Let's, 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 I'm going to stop right here, Lord. I, I can't get no more. That's just how it was, y'all. This is why I'm saying a good teacher is just not going to just grab the word just to say, look what I've done. A good teacher is going to say, Lord, deal with me first. Through this word, I want to experience this word for myself. If a teacher is just teaching just to show somebody that they can teach or to show somebody them something is wrong. Because a good teacher is going to say, teach me first. You're going to have a teachable spirit to hear what God has to say to you first. Because there's no way you can give somebody a word and you need that word for yourself first and foremost. So you want to take the word in for yourself, get understanding of that word, get revelation of that word for yourself. And the more you get from that word, it is easier for it to come out of you. But if you don't have that word, you're going to be in left field trying to bring them back up here. And you still in left field with, you know what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? And you don't even see what you're saying. You're trying to hold, hold it out. Until you get through. That's not how it works. So we want to wait on the Holy Spirit. And sometimes the Holy Spirit may give you one verse. That takes you way up there with him. And then that one verse. When you begin to expound on it. Other verses be coming in connecting with it. He will bring everything to life. Because the word is spirit. And it is life. The word is what's going to quicken you. It's what's going to be life to you. And one thing is a teacher cannot be scared. To handle the word of truth. You can't be afraid of the word. Meaning that you got to leave yourself out of it. And let the word do a work in you. Before you try to bring the word to somebody else. And you have not allowed the word to work in you. Oh saying all that. Let's go to the next part. Um, we talked about Jesus as being a teacher. And, and I told y'all that we start with Jesus first being that teacher because when Jesus left to be with the Father, he left those offices. He left those, those um, five, the fivefold. And the reason why, because he walked in the fivefold. So he left himself in the body of Christ through the fivefold. So when you're seeing the fivefold, you're seeing the hand of God amongst you. Isn't that awesome? God know how to set up things. So we went in the scripture and we saw Jesus as being a um, teacher that was Matthew 5, verse 1 and 2. But we also talked about Matthew 4, 17, when Jesus was um, proclaiming 
um, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He was proclaiming. He was preaching. He started out preaching. I told you there's a difference between preaching and teaching. You can see um, here's somebody preaching and then they're going to teaching mode. So they're proclaiming and then they're teaching. They're bringing understanding to what they have proclaimed. So when Jesus was proclaiming the kingdom, that's just like um, crying loud. They're coming out there and they're proclaiming, you know, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Have a change of mind. The reason why he wanted them to have a change of mind is because they had another way of believing concerning the kingdom. But Jesus was the one bringing the kingdom. In Matthew 5, he sat down and he taught them. When you look at Matthew 5 through Matthew 7, it's talking about the Sermon on the Mount. He's teaching them the ways of the kingdom, how they um, should be here on earth. So look at Matthew 5 through Matthew 7. Imagine if we stayed there for a whole week, just meditating on Matthew 5 through Matthew 7. Oh, y'all, we should be transformed and changed. Just taking Matthew 5 through Matthew 7 because Jesus had to, the ones that was following him, which was his disciples and followers, he had to show them the ways of the kingdom. He had to show them how they should react here on earth according to the kingdom. And he went over basically everything there between Matthew 5 and Matthew 7. He began to teach them. He began to give them understanding. He began to do parables. That's why Jesus was bringing parables. That's what a teacher is going to do. They're going to give you illustrations. They're going to give you parables. They're going to make it real so you won't be out there in left field somewhere. So... We talked about um, Matthew 9, 35. It's still talking about teaching and preaching with Jesus. Um, we went over uh, Jesus taught with authority. And that was Matthew 7, 28 through 29. They was astonished at his teachings because his teachings came with authority. It was not like the scribes. See, the scribes based their teachings on what somebody else said, the other rabbis or, you know, what they said. Jesus' um, teaching comes straight from the Father. And he brought it down here with knowing he had right. He had the authority to bring what God had him to bring. So when he was bringing it, he didn't bring it as the scribes and Pharisees. He knew where it was coming from, straight from the Father. So when a teacher teach, they're not trying to teach based on what somebody else said. They're teaching based on the revelation and the, um, the revelation that's coming straight from heaven. So this is why, y'all remember Peter um, and the rest of the disciples when they were following Jesus. And Jesus asked them, who do men say that I am? And they began to say Elias, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, um, you know, dealing with the prophets. But then Jesus said, who do you say that I am? See, they had to get some revelation of knowing who he was. And how did Peter get it? He got it straight from heaven. He got it from the Father. That's how a teacher's supposed to be. A teacher don't supposed to go on what nobody else said. A teacher's supposed to go on what God is saying right now. So see, we come in here and we hear, you hear me, you hear other people teaching, but you got to search the scriptures for yourself and say, God, I need it for me. Um, I'll give you an example in school. And I know Teresa with teaching in elementary, you will see that some children don't catch on like other children. You can have some children, you put it out there, boom, they got it. You know they got it. You can have some that you're looking at and you're saying, 
what are they missing? What, what have I not given that they're not getting? So then a teacher has to sit there and, and try to figure out why is this child not comprehending what this child has comprehended? So they make evaluations to see. So everybody's not going to catch it the same way. So all of a sudden, the, the, the teacher be like, I got it. I'm going to use these cards here. I'm going to be different with this person. So as they begin to do it another way with this person, boom, they caught it. So this is how a teacher has to be. A teacher cannot just take that word and be satisfied with that word without revelation from the Holy Spirit. When you get revelation from the Holy Spirit, y'all, I'm going to tell you, it just feel like a fresh wind. It feel like a light has come on and you can just do a dance all through the house. Hallelujah. Thank you. God, I give you glory because the scriptures will speak to you. The scriptures will speak for themselves. And this is why dealing with the King James Bible, I always tell people, King James, why do I do that? Because that's the Bible they started out with. And when you look at a King James, you have to look at those words and say, okay, what is being said in this scripture? If you get a Bible that's breaking it down, you're not going to understand what the original was in the first place. So this is why I say if you have a King James and then have another um, Bible like the Amplified, the Expanded Bible, you're going to see where that word was taken from. But if you never know where that word was taken from, to me it's not fun no more. I love taking the King James and highlighting that word and looking it up for myself. And then when I go into the Amplified or then when I go into the Expanded, I'm like, that's where you got that word from. But I want to find it for myself. I didn't want to take the easy route and just get another Bible so it can be easily read to me. I want to know for myself. I pull the word. I um, ask the Holy Spirit. Oh, now I know. And now I know why Paul said what he said. So that's why you have to take time out to dissect the word of God to, to know what it's saying to you for yourself. Um, we talked about Jesus teaching with authority. Jesus only taught what God gave him to teach. And that's what teachers should do. Whatever God has given you, that's what you should teach. You should not try. I learned this. If I, let's say I hear Renee teaching on something. And one thing that Renee said, it, it stuck out with me so much. And I grabbed that for myself. Once I grab it for myself, it is mine. It, it does not belong to Renee no more. She bought it in here. But once I get revelation on it myself, it belonged to me. But God used her to bring it. But I got some revelation from it. So if I come in here the next Sunday, God is going to have me to bring it the way he's given me, not the way he give, gave it to Renee. Why? Because he opened it up for me in a different way. He opened it up to her, but it's the same word. So we can't say they taught that because I taught it. No, they went back through it, and God gave them some more to teach from it. So we can't look at, that was my sermon. No, it wasn't. It was God's. Quit looking at that. That belonged to me. Look at that. It is coming behind me, trying to check me. Ain't nobody thinking about you. So we can't look at it like that. But some people will do this. I'm going to tell you what some people will do. When you come in and you lay something down that God is, is laying down, when they feel like you're not politically correct, they will come back and try to tear it up. 
But the spirit will know. They come back with the wrong attitude. Because they're trying to make people perceive, I know more than the one that brought it. That's not God. Because we all working together. We're not working against each other. We're working together. Or some people will go out and take that word and then get other people and say, I want to show you something. It it was more in that scripture than just that. So I want to break it down a little bit more so you can understand where, what is that called? Hmm? Pride. I want to break it down because it's more in there, and that's not exactly what that scripture is saying. Now, when you hear someone, and we talked about it before, teacher or whoever, and it's something that they're teaching, and they did not break it down enough, then people need to go to them and say, I didn't quite understand what you said, but they should not go off in groups and try to fix something That it ain't for them to fix personally. What I'm saying, they need to go back to that individual and let that individual explain what they were saying instead of trying to fix it. Go to that person. Ain't that what we're supposed to do? Because God brought it to them in a certain way, and you need to go to them and say, I don't quite understand what you were saying. Can you break that down? And when they begin to break it down, that's when that teacher should say, well, if you didn't understand it, Then it was somebody else in the room that didn't understand it too. So that's why I always tell Athea, if somebody come to me, Athea is the first one that I say, Athea, I want you to go back and check a teaching for me. And I want to make sure that there was clarity in that teaching. And if it was not, I will go back through that teaching. I'm not too proud to do that. Why? Because I don't want error. I want everybody to be on one accord. We should not be ashamed when somebody come to us and asks us a particular thing. If we're getting offended, something is wrong because we don't want nobody to walk out of here without us being on one accord. So y'all already have these scriptures, right? We talked about Jesus' final commission to the church involves teaching, does it not? All of us can teach, but don't mean that all of us are a teacher. Let me say it again. All of us can teach, but it does not mean all of us are teachers. Because if you make disciples, this um, commission he gave them, it was his followers. And he was telling them that he wanted them to go out. Then Jesus came and said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And then he says, so go make followers, disciples of all people in the world, the nations, baptizing them, name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have taught and commanded you. I will be with you always, even unto the end of the age. This is another scripture that people have taken. And those two words of teach in there, that first teach in um, Matthew 28, 19, how many thought that that mean teach? How many thought that mean teach, really go teach? It doesn't. That mean disciple. That teach mean make disciples. And then that last teach is teaching. (laughs) So see what we got to understand, if we don't see it's two, the same two words, but they have different meanings. So if you do not look up those words, you're going to think it means the same thing. And guess what it's bringing? Error. In the body of Christ. You're taking it out of content. I'm going to wrap it up tonight. Y'all only have a little bit left. Now. 
The other scriptures I want to give you is not that much. There were other teachers in the word of God as well. We talked about Jesus, but it was other teachers. Um, in Acts 13, verse 1 through 4, it was the prophets and teachers working together. And as they was working together, they began to pray over Paul and um, Barnabas, and they sent them out um, to minister. So a teacher can be part of um, sending out, because guess what? That teacher is teaching. You know, they have a job of teaching. They have a job of, you know, helping them to understand the word of God more. So that prophet and teacher, they were working together in the church. That's Acts 13, verse 1 through verse 4. Also, in 1 Timothy 2, verse 7, it's talking about Paul. He said he was an ordained preacher, an apostle, and he was a teacher of the Gentiles. 1 Timothy 2. Uh, verse 2 and verse 7 is talking about Paul. He was an apostle, he was a preacher, and he was also a teacher. And then in Acts 15.35, Acts 15.35, it said, Paul also and Barnabas continue in Antioch teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. So him and Paul and Barnabas was teaching and preaching in Antioch. So we see that Paul and Barnabas, they were also teachers as well as an apostle. Now, listen at this about a teacher. People really need to think about this one. Teachers shall be judged more strictly. Teachers shall be judged more strictly. It's proof in the pudding, James 3.1. It says, my brothers... And sisters, fellow believers, breaking it on down. Not many of you should become teachers because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. That's the word. That means that a teacher, when you bring in that, the word of God to the people of God, you don't take away, you don't add, or take away from it, you don't add to it. So if you're going to teach, you're only going to teach what God would have you to teach because it is his word. And we don't take this word lightly. When I first started out, y'all, it was so funny. When I first started out and I was a pastor, well, starting in the home, when I began to preach and teach, y'all, I would have my little notes. You know how you start out with your little notes and you write down what you want to say? I said, ooh, that sounds good. Write it on down. Be up there just nervous. Oh, Lord, what did I say? What did I say? Can't even read your writing. <laughs> but as I grew in the Lord and I got more knowledgeable in the things of the Lord and the more time I spent with the Lord, this is where I got the, the thing of I can't be a part-time preacher. Lord, I just can't be a part-time. I got to give you my all because when you're working full-time, y'all, and you, and you come home to be a wife, you come home to be a mother, y'all, it's a lot of work. So I sat there and I said, Lord, I said, I just can't give them anything. God knew my heart. I said, I just can't do it. I just can't, I, I don't want to give them just a little bit. I want to give them everything you want them to have. Y'all, when I opened my mouth and said that, a few years down the road, the Lord said, come off the job. Because God knew my heart. I would stay up late at night. I would be, be in my word. 
you know, I would make sure my house was in order, but God knew how tired I was becoming. But I wanted people to have help because I knew if the word said it, that's what the word meant. So the Lord, he heard my cry. And when he told me to come off the job, y'all, it was not a weight. It was not a burden because he knew where my heart was for the people of God. He knew that I would not tell them something that I did not want to do. Now, before I got knowledgeable revelation concerning tithes, y'all, I made up my mind I wasn't taking up no money. Isn't that right, Jennifer? I ain't taking up no money. We're going to take care of everything by ourselves. Bless our heart. We need, had needs, and we're putting our money in the church and wasn't even trying to touch it. We're going to help people with what. See, God knew my heart. He knew that I was not the type to go out there and just take money from people because my heart was to get people in a place to teach them that they knew what the word of God was saying, and I didn't have to keep coming in and telling them what the word of God was saying. They were just doing it. And the only time I would come in and do it is when God would say, I want you to check on this. He said, this is what I want you to talk about. So what God is going to do, he's going to give the head what to bring into the body of Christ because he knows what's going on in the body of Christ. Now, some people will say she's teaching that because somebody told her. Some people after it's over say, didn't I tell you apostle already knew? I ain't told her nothing. You tell anything, I ain't told her nothing. You know why? Because when you spend time with God, he ain't going to let nothing get past you. And you know what? You know how God chastised those whom he loves? How does he do it? The word. That's how you get your whoopings. <laughs> Through the word. That word will cut you inside and out, won't it? And that's, that's when you know he loves you. God speak to you through his word. So somebody will say, I got a good whooping this Sunday. God whooped me good. He whooped me so. Don't say nothing to me. Go, go home. Don't, don't even call my house tonight. Don't re- forget my number. Lose it. That's just how bad you got whooped because it was like boom, 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 boom. And you're like, oh, my God. Now you're really calling on God. Now you're really ready to repent and turn from the way that you're going because God done showed you you and you ain't told nobody. So you know that God chastised those whom he loved. So a good teacher, when they bring it the way God tell them to bring it, oh, you want to go home and you want to get in that word. You, you just can't wait the church get over. And then you start just flipping through your Bible and feeling your Bible and getting you some highlighters and getting you some underliners and, and even making sure your glass is clean. And you're just doing everything you can do because the word is setting you afire. You're just saying, set me afire, Lord, set me afire. Then when you get everything uh, situated, then you hear that husband. Hey, what you doing? Hey, what you doing? There ain't nothing but the devil trying to get in my word and you ask me what I'm doing (laughs) but a good teacher will have you to go back into that word you will be wanting more of that word you'll be trying to get more resources to get more of that word it don't matter how much it costs no more because you only want the best to get what you need from the word of God so a good teacher is going to have you digging into that word more than you digging into it because you're saying I got to find that now. I ain't never heard it like that before. Kwana, you ever heard that like that before, girl? Girl, I've been reading that verse for centuries. Something come out of there that I ain't seen before. It don't even read like that. 
because that teacher went in there and got some revelation and it brought that word so alive. One thing that you don't do, references, some people don't even use references, right? <laughs> people use references that if that sound like that one, I'm going to take it. Don't work like that. I'm going to reference this one with this one with this one. I have 10 references, but you still ain't told me what none of them mean. I can say, that's good, ain't it, y'all? That's good. I got five more. That's good, ain't it? That don't mean nothing to me. Break it down. Let the word come alive. When my babies start leaping and I just can't be still. I'm getting delivered right there in my seat. Oh, you, God use you today. Lord have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. That you all over me. You done stomped all over my toes. But sometimes people be like, when is this going to be over? And you don't remember nothing that they say. You just sitting there trying to hold on and you're looking dumbfounded. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> It is time for the word of God. But we give God glory for teachers, amen. So we wrapped it up for teachers. We done wrapped it up for the fivefold. It's more yet to come. But in between the more yet to come, I got a treat for you. How about that? Everybody love treats? It's according to what kind it is, right? According to what kind it is. <laughs> we give God glory. Hallelujah. Do anyone have anything they want to say concerning the teacher that have touched you, that have given you more understanding? Anyone? Don't be shame, all this good word. Jennifer, you don't have to say nothing. <laughs> now I'm playing with you. If you want to say something, you can say something. Because I know I can look over there and Jennifer's. Can you get on the mic? Because she's recording. The middle one, Athea. God's so good. One thing he's always done for me is as she's teaching, a lot of times he'll be showing me pictures. And it's so, so when she does the skits, it's awesome because that's a, you know, that's a picture in our mind and we can remember. And there'd be a lot of times I'd be walking down the hallway at work and something would happen and that skit from the night before would pop up and be like, oh, there's our test. But, um, you know, and I've used a couple of examples, and then Manny would come back, and he'd give a different example, but it still, it broke it down so that everybody got an understanding of it. So I, li I just love that God gives us a picture so that we can relate it to our life. Amen. We can chew on it more. Amen. Anybody else? You know, the scriptures say, let all the earth be silent before me, but um, <laughs> I think we take that out of content too, don't we? I know y'all can hear. Bop. Come on, Tyson. <laughs> oh, no, ain't no shy Tyson no more. <laughs> Turn it on again, um, Tyson, the first one. Both of them, yeah, there you go. Ezra 17 was a scripture that stuck out to me more than anything. And uh, Pastor, she hit on like if 
before you get in front of people and, and want to, to do it right fluently, that you have to, uh, you have to get in the word. And Ezra 17 was uh, a scripture on that. He prepared himself and he knew that God called him. And, you know, a lot of us in here have the zeal of God and we know that we love the Lord and we know that, um, that God has got a calling for us. When we home by ourselves, we can preach up something, we can pray up something, and we can do it. But when we get, the Bible said, you know, don't be scared of men in their faces. But when we get up here and we get in front of uh, men in their faces, you know, the enemy will try to steal, steal your joy. But Ezra, he, he knew that God called him and he prepared himself. So, you know, that, that's what stuck out to me. And uh, <clears throat> here I am. We always say, that, you know, to me that, that the, uh, the word is like a two-edged sword. You know, when it comes in, it comes from somebody. If it sticks to you, it comes in um, with somebody preparing. But before it goes out the other side of that sword, you have to prepare it before you give it out for it to be shot, for it won't be dull, and for it to stick to somebody. So, you, you know, Pastor, she was saying that make sure if you speak to somebody, make sure you study to show yourself approved and make sure when you speak to somebody that it's something that stuck out to you and something that you went through and, and you study on your own. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's what stuck out to me, Ezra 17, pre- preparing yourself and knowing when you go and you're going to do it, you got to be bold in it and you want to be fluid with it. And if you prepare yourself, the Holy Spirit will lead you through that situation. It won't be you. But, but the only thing we have to do is, uh, you know, a scripture came out saying, um, you know, don't let uh, God's mercy and truth not forsake thee. And we got to bind it about thy neck and write it upon the tables of our heart. We, we, ha- we have to sit down and, and just waddle in that word, chew on it, whatever it takes. We have to practice. Just don't be afraid. And I just want to uh, tell everybody, be encouraged, because there's somebody out there I'm talking to. Amen. And uh, just give God the glory. I want to tell y'all something. That ain't the same Tyson that will come up here. The, the Tyson that used to come up here, that ain't the same one. So you can tell that he's been preparing his heart, been getting into the word of truth, letting the word of truth get in him. And when you get confidence in that word, guess what, y'all? You stand on it. It don't matter what nobody say. You ain't trying to stutter no more. You ain't stuttering your way through it. It is so fluent coming from you that you ain't bothered because you know what it says. When you become bothered because somebody has agitated you, then you don't have that word for yourself. Some people become bothered when they have to debate the word with somebody. You just say, hold up. This is what the word says. This is what the word means. You can take it or leave it. Have a good day. I ain't got time for that foolishness because there's somebody else out there that needs some word, and I'm not going to stand here and debate with you because we don't supposed to be debating because it leads to strife. And when strife comes, there is contention and every evil work. So we have to, bye-bye. But you know what we do? We try to prove ourselves. Now, you, you, you can't tell me. I've been saved for 20 years. You can't tell me. You're telling me I don't know the word. Is that what you're trying to tell me? I know who I am. 
just walk off. Just walk off for them because they don't know who they are. Because why would they have to tell you who they are if they know who they are? You don't have to prove to nobody who you are. The word speaks for itself. And if you're in the word, that's the life you're going to live through the word. So they're going to know who you are even before you say something. That's as simple as that. And you won't be so tired and wore out trying to convince somebody. You ain't even convinced yourself you saved yet. So why are you trying to convince somebody else? Amen. Cut. Thank you for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. Clem, School of Ministry. Um, I was just talking to someone there, you know, how she's talking about how people debating the word and, and 